and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. This is a free Patreon-only episode, so that makes it not Patreon-only, I suppose, but it's a bonus episode. Listeners know that I interviewed Alex Morris, who is running against Richie Neal, an incredibly corrupt uh, Democrat, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, and uh, takes money from, you know, all the worst people. And uh, Alex Morris is great, and he was running for Congress. He's the mayor of Holyoke, Massachusetts. He lost. He lost the primary, and it's very impressive that he did as well as he did, but he stayed in the primary despite this fake sex scandal, which you can hear about on uh, my last episode with uh, Alex Morris. And there's also a really great Patreon-only episode I did with Liza Featherstone and Greg Goldberg about it. Anywho, this is an interview I did with Owen Higgins, who wrote about the story for The Intercept. And it was done before the primary, so we didn't know who was going to win. But as you'll see, Owen makes some predictions, and you can see how they come out. And we are just incredibly proud of what we built. Against the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, we were able to raise over $2 million from tens of thousands of grassroots contributions around our country. We were able to make over 1.1 million phone calls. I mean, just look at, again, the amount of money that was spent by Congressman Neal and corporations over the last several weeks. And unfortunately, that made a difference. What happened a few weeks ago made a difference. What happened with the influence of corporations and millions of dollars made a difference. But I always said, while campaigns may have millions of dollars from corporations, what they don't have is all of you, people that are driven by values and convictions and a higher purpose. And this election tonight has never been just about me. It's been about all of us. And it's been about our potential and our future. And I believe in our potential. I believe in our future now more than ever. And so tomorrow we roll up our sleeves, we get out of bed, we reflect on the experience we've had over the last 12 months. But if like me, all of you are deeply committed to our success as a community, we don't give up, we don't lay down, we don't say this is the way our democracy should be, paid and bought for by corporations. We say we're gonna get up tomorrow morning and do everything we can to fix a fundamentally broken system that is leaving millions of Americans behind day in and day So are you ready to to get up tomorrow morning and continue fighting for a better community? Are you ready to get up tomorrow morning and fight for a better country? The stuff that Owen shares is really interesting and still stands, obviously, because it's about how he kind of discovered the uh, setup. And also, it's about how the media screwed Alex Morse. So that, of course, also um, still stands. And just so people know, Isan Lakey lost the primary, who I also had on the show, and Alex Morse. That does not disrupt or disprove the Katie Halper Show bump. There sometimes are circumstances which just cannot be overridden. And... Marky not appearing on the Katie Helper show while a major mistake and will go down as a snub and show a real poor uh, judgment, lack of judgment. It's going to make it really hard for me to ever really get excited about anything he does ever again. Just kidding. But yeah, he won his primary. And just remember that also there's sometimes that things, you know, despite not appearing on the Katie Helper show, it's weird. So this is your free free bonus episode for the week and i'm also going to be releasing patreon only episodes with jimmy Dore and thomas frank stand by for those you'll get those within the week owen 
thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, excited to have Pleasure. you back. Yeah. And you've been doing some amazing work, like real investigative mystery solving work um, around Alex Morse, uh, who's mm -hmm. running for Congress. And um, it turns out was basically uh, set up or people attempted to set him up um, as, as, as being inappropriate. I'll, I'll let you kind of narrate it, but I, I'm just curious um, how you even kind of came upon the story. I mean, I know that Ryan yeah. was working at the internet, but t can you just tell us, tell listeners and viewers kind of the, the arc of it? Yeah, yeah, you know, briefly, um, the third reporter, Daniel, uh, reached out to me, I think, while he was talking to Ryan or before that, uh, to be like, hey, I have this story. I heard you from Western Mass. Um, you could probably do this or help me with it or whatever. Um, and he suggested a couple of different avenues of investigation. Uh, the students was one of them. And then this lawyer, Jim Roosevelt, was another one. Um, and I didn't find the student part to be, for me, like super um, gripping. But I was really interested in, in, in Roosevelt, the lawyer. Yeah. So I started looking into that. Um, and Ryan and Daniel started working on the student stuff, and they got those two articles out. And then uh, on Thursday, August 13th, like, basically, I just had this huge breakthrough with, like, talking to, like, a whole bunch of people and, like, nailed the story down and, like, was able to be, like, they did it. This is, I, I have like, I, I don't even know. I have like three or four people, like all anonymous, but I have, you know, I have them all like on record, but anonymous, like yeah. saying this had happened. And, and then we were putting it together to publish on Friday. And then on Friday morning, um, a uh, one of my sources, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this, sure. reached out to me with screenshots proving without a doubt that Massachusetts Dems leadership had stepped in and uh, acted to kind of perpetuate the smear campaign. Wow. Um, yeah, and so it was pretty huge. Uh, and then over the weekend, I got more information where they, we have people, multiple people saying, you know, on record anonymously, yes, they told us to delete, um, you know, communications. So then there was the cover up. Um, right. And then through the end of last week, then we, you know, we found like a whole bunch of like examples of like how long this has been going up for and, and, you know, like they've been going to different groups and, uh, you know, media people, et cetera. So yeah, like a lot happened within six days and we just kind of like, and, and I think if you include Daniel and Ryan's reporting before that, which I don't want to like not include, I think right. if you could say nine days, you say a week and a half and a week yeah. and a half, the three of us just blew the blew the roof off of this thing and, yeah. and were able to like tie it all the way back to the state party. Um, let's go back to late April. Um, let's go back farther. Let's go back to last year when Alex announces that he's going to run. Um, obviously, he's running against Richard Neal. Uh, you know, I'm from the area. I've been covering Richard Neal for a long time. He's a very powerful entrenched Democrat with connections uh, to media and establishment uh, institutions, you know, uh, around the, the district, which includes, just so people have an idea, if you look at Massachusetts, kind of the left kind of is like a, a rectangle. Uh, the, there's like a, 
a quarter of that is like the Berkshires and part of, which is where I'm from and part of Hamden, Hampshire County. And then the rest of the district kind of like swings down into an L. So if you're looking at it, uh, if this is Boston over here and this is New York state. And so it just kind of comes down like that, uh, like a kind of chunky L. Um, and the reason that that little part at the end is there uh, is because it was redistricted, redistricted in 2012 to allow Neil to get the seat because they combined districts and they wanted to make sure that he would still have a seat. Um, so he faced in 2012 when they combined the districts, he faced um, primary challenge from Andre Nusiforo and Bill Shine, two guys from the Berkshires. Uh, he handily defeated them. I think he got like 65% of the vote. Didn't face another primary challenge until two years ago in 2018, where he faced against a hero with dude. Uh, if readers want, they can go to the Intercept and read my coverage of that race. Tahira um, was underfunded and didn't have a lot of support uh, with media and establishment interests, but still managed to get like 30% of the vote. Neil got 70. And then this time, Alex is running against him and you know, had been running a pretty strong campaign, I think, uh, you know, kind of running at him from the left. And uh, I think Richie had been concerned about how close Alex was getting before that. Uh, but, you know, uh, probably still pretty confident. Then in so, – so I'm going I'm to do this a bit – Change chronology up a little bit. In early August, poll came out. Alex was within 10 points. So that's within striking distance. Rewind a little bit. Go to like late April. Late April, Grace Panetta at uh, Business Insider receives an email from creepy Alex Morse at protonmail.com uh, saying that there are like, there's a lot of rumors and a lot of allegations about Morse's behavior. And that if someone starts reporting on them, a lot of stuff will become uh unveiled and, and and other people will come for it. Right. uh you know and she kind of you know she looks at it she does her due diligence doesn't find anything uh worth really looking at so passes on it um the next thing that we know is that in late june primaries for progress that's sean McElwee's data right. for progress kind of vertical for um progressive primaries gets an anonymous tip kind of the same thing um you know calling more as a predator and saying, you know, hey, I'm like a socialist. This is the person, right? I'm a socialist, but, you know, me and all my friends are going to vote for Neil because this is just unacceptable behavior. Uh, you know, they look into it, don't buy anything, they pass. LGBTQ Victory Fund in early July endorses Morse. Immediately afterward, uh, members of the group are reached out to by somebody who's like, don't publicize this. There's something coming. So this stuff had been like kind of moving in the air, right? On August 7th, uh, the college Democrats in Massachusetts issue a letter to Morse. Uh, I think it actually was sent on the 6th, basically telling them you're not welcome at our events anymore. Uh, you know, there are all these allegations. We want a response. This was a private letter, by the way. This really needs to be stressed. This was a private letter. On the 7th, it is released to the public through the UMass Daily College. And still not clear who did that. Um, I feel confident from the people who I've talked to that it was not 
members of the College Democrats in Massachusetts. Who sent the, the letter to the newspaper. I want to be clear. I'm, I'm confident that it wasn't the statewide. I don't, I'm not sure about UMass College Dems, but, I, but I'm, I'm pretty confident it wasn't statewide. Okay. So letter comes out. Um, you know, Morris already has like a statement, so he just kind of gives it to, to them. Uh, looks like this is going to be a scandal to sink him. Of course, these allegations are like super vague, right? There's nothing yeah. really to them um, other than like a general feeling of discomfort and unease, which like is fair, totally yeah, sure, fair. Right. But like, is that exactly the same thing? You know, I'm not quite sure. So, but anyway, uh, that I'm not trying to editorialize. I'm just saying that. Sure it was kind of presented in such a way that it was something more serious than it was, but then kind of turned out that maybe once you kind of looked at it a little bit, it didn't really seem to be like all, all that was really going on. Um, so, so that's the seventh, eighth, ninth, Saturday, Sunday, 10th, Monday. I spoke to Daniel Bogoslaw, the other reporter on the 10th or the 11th, that conversation that I just referred to. On the 11th and 12th, he and Ryan released reporting that showed first, the, the first article, which was on the 11th, showed that there was a connection that these that these kids who were kind of behind this letter, like may have kind of, or like like in the UMass College Dems, had some connections to Neil and like had spoke highly of him. And like there was some like scuttle about that. It was a little weird. And then on the 12th, uh, they unveiled like these internal chats which showed that this had been an ongoing effort for a long time since at least last year not necessarily saying that the people that they are the same people who sent the emails that i described earlier but huh. it could have been two separate right efforts like you know we we, we don't know about that but right. the most charitable yeah. thing that you could really say given what we know is yeah. that these two these students um didn't like Morris for whatever reason and decided that they were going to take him down. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. the most charitable thing you can say. Maybe it was something personal, not really clear. The screenshots that Ryan and Daniel published just didn't really seem to show like anything inappropriate. It would just seem like a conversation. Uh, so, and it was on Instagram. It wasn't on like a dating site or anything. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know. But and they got are you referring to the screenshots that they were given by people saying that he'd done something inappropriate or the screenshots that were, I guess, leaked? I don't know how they got out where we saw the comp the annotated like the guy the screen. No, no, no. No. So so Sorry. yeah, so the two separate things here. Like right. the one that you the, the, the second the latter one that you're talking about are like from internal chats where they're talking about their plan to do this. The first one, the one that I'm referring to is the first one is like the, like an Instagram conversation between Alex and one of the students. This Not, is the evidence of the ale yeah. alleged evidence of the allegedly inappropriate behavior, right? But it wasn't. Like it there was wasn't. nothing inappropriate. Yeah. He like, says, like, he asked him, he says it was nice to meet, nice meeting him. Ask him, they ask each other what they're up to. It's the other person yeah. asks Alex and Alex mentions his events that he's going to. It's like not at all, not remotely yeah, and you know, like, sketchy. And I was reading that and I was honestly like, this is like a normal conversation that I would have with a source. Like, while yeah. I'm trying to like get to know them. Like, that's a normal, like, yeah. But anyway, and he had again, I'm not trying to editorialize. I'm just saying sure. that from my perspective, it just seemed like weird. 
Yes, and um, and just so that for context, this is someone we now know. For, um, the person who was exchanging these messages with with Alex was someone who had moderated a panel that Alex was on, and um, was uh, and, and it turns out that Alex had only attended one UMass College Dems event since he had announced that he was going to run. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, like, there's a lot of a lot we don't know and a lot that's kind of vague, but, but that's, that's pretty much it. So right. then, you know, on, on Friday, we, we, we released the reporting that I talked about before where we tied it to mass Dems. So what had happened was what we found out what had happened was that college Dems in Massachusetts had received this information and knew that uh, UMass college Dems wanted to send a letter or communicate with Alex in some way to let him know. And like they had, they had already unofficially banned him from their events before this, uh, though they hadn't told him. They had just decided that that was going to be their policy. And this was going to be like their announcement of that and letting him know that and letting him know why and try to have some kind of repair to the relationship or restorative justice or whatever. I'm, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not incredibly clear on, on, on what the, what they wanted to do was, but it was something of that general effect. So they go to Massachusetts Democrats and they say, Hey, just so you know, we have this situation. This is what we want to do. Um, what do you think? Sorry. When you say they, yes. you're talking about the, the UMass college Dems, college, college Dems. Dems. No, no, college, college Dems. So there's Not UMass Dems. Okay. So there's college UMass Dems. college Dems and then there's college Dems. And yeah, that's so like a, a mass wide umbrella, thing? Umbrella, yeah, college yeah. gems, okay. statewide. UMass, UMass chapter. Got UMass it, chapter it. is the one that are saying that they have the problem. College gems is coming in and saying, okay, we're going to help you solve this problem because that's what we do because we're in charge. College gems then says, okay, we are in charge, but we also need to go talk to Massachusetts Dems and just make sure that like we're doing this correctly. So they go to the leadership. And the leadership, rather than trying to facilitate some sort of a dialogue or, or whatever, recommends that the students go to attorney Jim Roosevelt, grandson of FDR, powerful person in the party, chair for the Rules Committee during the DNC in 2016 that killed a lot of the reforms that, uh, that uh, Sanders people wanted, chair of the rules committee this year again, I think just like, I mean, I think your, your audience knows where I'm going with this. They, they know what I'm talking about. So um, he helps them to develop it over, oversees the development of it. Uh, he doesn't do any of the writing, but he oversees all of it also checks it to make sure it's not defamatory right. and signs off on it. They then send it to Alex. Somehow it gets leaked. We don't know if it was mass Dems or, somebody within the college Dems, but somehow it gets leaked. Um, the mass Dems leadership doesn't seem upset that it got leaked. They then, so then, right. So we're kind of like, we're going back and forth a little bit on the timeline here, but then Ryan and Daniel's reporting starts to come out. And that is when Veronica Martinez, the executive director of mass Dems starts reaching out to these kids for these students rather, and saying delete your, delete, 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 delete all communications. Obviously they did not. And because 
they I think I think some of them could tell that they were about to get screwed by by the uh, by the party. Um, and so that's pretty much where it's at. I, I, I will say that um, the actions of mass Dems here after Ryan and Daniel's reporting were to say, we're going to launch an investigation into the college Dems. Then when it's revealed that they had a huge part to play in this, now they're saying we're going to investigate ourselves. And by investigating ourselves, they're going to have like a bunch of allies of president of chair, sorry, chair Gus Bickford and executive director Veronica Martinez be in charge of that. So I think we can all assume right. what's going to happen. With that. Right. So just to clarify, so mass Dems tells college Dems mm -hmm. destroy our, uh, destroy all correspondence or they tell that to UMass college Dems or both groups or. I don't, I don't want to get too detailed. Right. I will say no. that right. executive director Veronica Martinez did tell some students to delete okay. communications. Got it. Um, and okay. Now the things that were the, the, the screenshots that were exchanged, what we do know now is that the exchanges were between Alex and someone who was named um, Abramson. Um, yeah, who was, Andrew Abramson. Andrew Abramson, who's a, who's a UMass College Dem. And he's Correct. friends with, um, or worked in concert with um, Timothy, uh, Ennis. Timothy Ennis. And Ennis um, is someone who took a class with Neil. Yep. And um, they were fans of Neil. And um, so, so we see this is the allegedly inappropriate exchange. Abramson says, thank you, good to see you too. Alex says, how's the rest of your weekend? Abramson says, pretty good. I went home last night to surprise my mom for her birthday. HBU, how about you? And Alex writes, oh, that's nice. How was that? I had an event to go to last night to speak, then had a wine tasting party at a friend's house. Now I'm in North Adams about to march in a parade. And these, this exchange was shared, right? That got to college dance. That I got to college, yeah. Else, and it was, and, and the, what Abramson wrote, and this is, I think, important, is not overt, but it's very clear he's not talking to me for no reason. Um, like read that message also don't mind me totally leading him on and then he also has a message that's an image of I don't know the Simpsons that well do you know what I'm talking about it's the police uh, can you see this oh yeah yeah that's Krusty the Clown with the FBI yeah but that's that's a that's a meme for like horny police right and it says me right it says horny police you so crusty has the you on it, and it says me giving this story to politico so going okay so now august 20th effort to spread alex morse accusation was wider than previously known what was discovered there that was so that was when we discovered that uh that they had reached out to primaries for progress Got it. uh grace panetta or Grace Panetta um, and LGBTQ Victory Fund. Uh, you know, there, there were others that I heard about that I wasn't able to like nail down. Uh, but obviously, this had been, you know, in the air for a while. Uh, so certainly, certainly had been going on for a while. My actual, actually, my most recent piece about this is about the local media. Uh, oh right, sorry, right. He has two enemies. Two, right. He has two enemies. Two. Right. Uh, what right. is it? He has two opponents. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. So, well, did you, okay. So, so we'll get to that because that is really important, but yeah. um, did I, did it, how high up in the, what do we know that the Neil campaign knew about? Or do we not? Nothing. We don't. Okay. Uh, I've been, I've been trying to nail that down, but obviously uh, it's been quite difficult. I guess I would just say a couple things about that, which is, you know, for something to get so completely, uh, if I can, if I can use this term fucked up, uh, yeah. like for, for it just be so completely bungled like this makes me hesitant to think that Neil would have been involved only because he's been doing this for over 30 years. Right. He's very smart. Um, if you read, if you read in the effort to spread was earlier than known before articles from the 20th, Daniel has a whole uh, section at the, at, at the back end kind of talking about Neil's career and um, you know, he, and he doesn't focus on this because this is, well, and this is kind of just like, this is just conjecture from me, but Neil's been doing this for a long time. He's smart. Yeah. And so he's not going to put himself into a situation where he would be, it would be just so easy for things to get fucked up the way that they did. Because, right. you know, you got to look at it like who, he's not, he's not going to, so, so what has happened here is like, a, you know, perfect example of the term rat fuck and like, yeah. and with a rat fuck, which is like a, a, a conspiracy or, or, or just like an October surprise, August surprise in this case, but right. you know, that would like drop is something that like, it, it's just oppo and it's dirty and it's mean and it, it takes down your, your it's adversary. Fun. Yeah your opponent right and so yeah i could definitely see neil doing something like that i just don't see him screwing it up like right this. and that is why i'm a little bit hesitant to think that uh they had anything to do with it i've heard whispers but nothing that i can confirm and it's all like from a person from a person from a person so uh as it stands right now i think that what we do know is that it was at the highest levels of the state party um, including a powerful uh, member of the state and national uh, party and member of the DNC uh, in Jim Roosevelt, and that that by itself is bad enough. Right, yeah. You know, we, we did get to see a communication between Alex and, and one of his uh, high-profile supporters um, who, you know, had heard about this rumor before all of this stuff happened and what this person said to Alex was something to the effect of like they're not just going to try to like beat you they're going to try and end your life like, like not kill you but right, they're right, gonna end your career they're, yeah they're, they're, they're gonna end your career they're going to ruin your life like that like they're going to make sure that they send a message here and I think that that's what happened I think that's what I think that's exactly what they did you know, like that is like some. Or what they tried to do, right? Because it didn't. It's what they tried to do. I mean, I think that it's definitely we we've definitely seen that his negatives have gone up since this story came out. I mean, you know, Neil has hammered the 
fact that they were students and that he was an instructor in the debates. I'm like, look, you know, like I see you shaking your head about that and I get that, but like also like, let's assume a, a really charitable stance here. Let's assume that like Neil didn't have anything to do with it. Right. I mean, like uh, obviously he's going to use that line. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course he's going right. to use that yeah. line. Like there's like, it'd be political malpractice. Right. Yeah, to. I agree. And, yeah. Much as it's like would be political malpractice for for, for Alex not to uh, continue to tie Neil to uh, the state and national party and and to the effort to take right. him down. I mean, the, that's just politics. Like All that's right. just the way it is. But the just the idea that the that the Massachusetts political machine is going to try to destroy your life is 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 pretty pretty bleak shit. Daunting, yeah. But so his negatives have gone up, but also the, the, the in, one poll, in, one poll. in one poll, but also the division between, I mean, that's the thing that's so sketchy about it is like, it's all this insinuation. And, and like, even in the letter, I remember before all this stuff, the evidence that this was like politically motivated, um, even that letter, it was like weird. It was a weird, like hodgepodge of stuff mm. because it was like one person went on a date with him and felt like he abused his power, but that person didn't also said he didn't know he had been mayor. Um, yeah. And it, it was not included. And this was in uh, Ryan and Daniel's reporting as well. Like, like screenshots that show that it was not a part of his profile. He, he just yeah. listed himself as a 29 year old young professional. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, I, I I met my now wife like before I ever really got into like online dating. Yeah. Um, Lucky you. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but you know, but so I don't have any real experience with this world. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have any understanding of it um, other than like knowing the basics of it. Right. But I would think that, you know, yeah, sure. Like if you're a politically connected person in the Pioneer Valley, you see the profile of Alex Morse. You're, yeah, you would know right. that this guy is the mayor of Holyoke. <laughs> right. But if you weren't, yeah. then you wouldn't. And sure. so at what point does that like become? It's like coming to America. And Brady yeah. hides his right. identity. Right. right, exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, like, and if, and, if we were talking about um, two consenting adults who were 29 and 21 and one was a young professional and one was a student in college, would we be having the same conversation? I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, like yeah. age gap discourse, I don't really want to get yeah. into that shit, but yeah. I, it, it just doesn't seem as salacious as no. it was presented as and yeah, I mean, he didn't even have yeah. a, there was no relationship with one of his own students, which is really important because people kept jumping from dating people who were students to dating his own students. He didn't violate any F codes. Now you could say, again, I'm, people could say you're an, you teach, and again, he also taught one course a semester. Yeah. He was not like a professor, but sure, you could say, I have a personal philosophy that anyone who teaches should not date any students. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be hard for a young gay man in the area that he's in, right? But, but, but that's also, I think most people think that that's not a disqualifying, I mean, it's up to people, I guess, but it certainly is not the scandal that people were, I think, trying to present this as. 
I think I think that that's I think that's what it is. I think that it isn't the scandal that people were presenting it as, and I also think that people can have that reasonable position yeah. that you're laying out there that I I like that I don't think it's appropriate or ethical to do that. Yeah, and have that reasonable approach to it, and also think like, and also be able to like put it in context. Right. Uh, you know, like 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 you can, right. You can say that you don't like. And and by put it in context, I mean just like it's not as it's not as what it was presented as. Right. It's not what it was presented right. as, and so therefore, like what you know what. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's actually really interesting philosophically because like someone could have done something disqualifying, and I could still say this will sink their campaign which wouldn't mean that they hadn't done that thing. But in this case, it really, I do think it was like not a, it, it, I mean, I, it, I don't think that there was anything. It seems like it was manufactured. Um, I mean, he, like, here's the bottom line to me is that like, if there was real shit, like real shit, like, like, uh, you know, things that were hinted at, like being inappropriate or worse, we it would have come it. out by now, right. okay? It's not out, so the conclusion one, I think, has to draw at this point is that it's just not there. Yeah. And what? If, and let's talk about this media piece. You cite a very observant person who wrote a masterful tweet. Just want to give you a shout-out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did, I did. Um, well, you know, I will tell you that when you posted that, uh, you know, we had been, this piece had been in the works for like two weeks, probably. The media and, piece and or? Yeah, 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 we had just been like collecting like different examples and just yeah. kind of like throwing them into like, or I was just like throwing them into like a doc and kind yeah. of just like keeping an eye on them. And that one, that one to me was like one of the ones, that and the Shartok, Alan Shartok, the WAMC guy, were the two things that I was just like, okay, we need to like, yeah. So without, so, you know, just so people, just so people know, um, I remember I was kind of stunned and, yeah. it, uh, so there's an article and it's said, and it was at mass live as Alex Morse defends conduct, UMass policy strongly discourages faculty student relationships. And then I, you had to read, um, Okay, misleading reporting. The story isn't about Morse's conduct, but the conduct of the MA, right, which tried to destroy evidence of the smear campaign and hit job. According, most people don't read past the headline, but the article doesn't mention the fact that Morse was never accused of having a relationship with his own student. And I would say, I would say also what's important about that article that, yeah. that you cited, because you were, you posted about it after our Monday article had come out on the 17th. But this thing was published on the 16th, but that was still two days after we revealed the Mass Dems connection. And the entire week before that, where Daniel and Ryan had, had revealed the, the students. So, right. so at this point, really, they knew about the no destruction. They, they knew about the destruction. The, no, they, they didn't know, know about, about the destruction, but they knew about everything else. Right. Like, they knew about no the right, so like, right. And then you, you have to read like multiple paragraphs, I think, to say to get to the candidate has made clear in multiple interviews this week that no student he dated was among members of the classes he taught. He maintains all of his relationships have been consensual and his actions were not in violation of any policies of UMass faculty. Um, Which is true. That is, yes. I mean, th th like, those are the points that he was hammering in his statement. Right. But I think, I think to me, the thing about it is that it, it feels like this article was written 
and our reporting came out and they were just like, eh, don't care. Right. Like, that's not going to, like, we're, that's not, we're not going to change the frame. We're not going to change the article. This is going to be our big Sunday article about it. And that's just not an honest. Not at all. And you yeah. know what? It, like they, they endorsed Neil yesterday or the day before. Um, and in that endorsement, I think it was you, yesterday Mass morning. Uh, Mass Live? Mass Live, which is a Springfield Republican. Yeah. And in that endorsement, like they were just like, they didn't mention the Mass Dems connection. They didn't mention all of the questions about uh, the students. But they did. They, but they did mention the scandal in like in, in a one paragraph like smear that just it, it was and it was just like it was just gross and like so I don't gross. know I I feel like I feel like they are grosser than the other main person who I go after, which is WAMC, which is like this huge NPR affiliate. Right, it goes like all the way to Pennsylvania, Western Mass, like. Vermont, all over New York State. It's it's massive. It's like one of the biggest. Uh, I think I, I think it's for listenership. It must be one of the biggest ones, um, outside of like a major metropolitan area. Um, and their you know their executive director and president who has held the position since 1981. And like I know I know these people right. because they all live in the same area that I'm from. So obviously, if I run into them. Socially, right. it'd be awkward, but awkward, yeah. um, he he like wrote this op-ed last weekend endorsing Neil. He called Neil a, or two weekends ago. He he published it the day after the allegations came out on August eighth, and in so I guess that's three weeks ago now. Shit. Uh, but in this article, like I mean, he was just like Neil's a personal hero of mine, and like. You know he's he's the best and i love him so much and you should vote for him and so he had just wrapped up like airing a series of interviews with morse on wamc and then the next week he aired a series of interviews with neil which is i think inappropriate for him to like even though it's a different outlet i think it's inappropriate for him to do that especially you know being in such a position of power over the station he also is a regular guest on the roundtable, which is a panel show. And, uh, you know, they spent like 40 minutes talking about the scandal on the 10th. And that's the Monday after this, you know, I, I, I scoured their, their recordings. I couldn't find an example of them touching the story again after our reporting, they just completely ignored it. And what the guy who hosts the main host of the roundtable, the panel show, told me in an email was that Shartok's uh, views, despite the fact that he's been in charge of the station since 1981, they have no effect on, on coverage decisions. Sure, they right. No effect on that. Right. Like, I, I, I mean, come on, like that's just not very serious. Right. Today, Shartok pu published a second article endorsing Neil, same outlet, uh, that was, you know, just like the same, actually. That's weird, it, isn't uh, that weird paragraph. to do two? Uh, no, uh, Shartok likes, Shartok has a very high opinion of himself. Yeah. And, and, and his statements yeah. and how important they are. So he probably feels, uh, the thing I, this is quoting from it. The thing that I admire most about him is his ability as a teacher. When I am with Richie, I always learn something. No matter how high his prestige is as a top house leader, 
He shows up in class, and I always think about how lucky his students are to have him. As for me, I love the guy. Person with a PhD wrote that uh, ninth grade level. Okay. But that was Shark. Yeah, that was. That's Shartok. That's Shartok. Why yeah. is he in his classrooms? Why is Neil in his classrooms? I assume Wait. that he's coming to, 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 to talk to them. Shartok teaches, Shartok teaches at, at uh, U Albany. Although he lives in, in Massachusetts. But uh, yeah, but anyway, you, like, so, so we're supposed to believe that this has no effect on coverage decisions. I will say that WAMC reporter Josh Landis outstanding really great reporter alex gave his first interview after this whole thing happened to josh for a reason like like josh has a very good reputation it's well earned but the tone of the station roundtable and shartog really drive it's, it's it goes from nine in the morning to noon every day it really drives the rest of of the day and the coverage and i think that it's just disingenuous to pretend that there's this, this stuff wall. doesn't have any right. effect, you know. So you you quote um, a roundtable uh, discussion, and mm. you say that lobbyist Libby Post, a frequent guest, uh, you said she likened Morse to President Donald Trump and other politicians with sex scandals, and and you quote her saying, "Men have a problem at times with controlling their keeping it in their pants is the best I can put it, and it just becomes a priority over doing their jobs." Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's very responsible to, you know, like I will say that like when I, when I first saw this story come out, like I didn't comment on it at all. I, I didn't say anything about it because I had no idea. Like I could tell that the allegations seemed kind of vague and flimsy, but I was, I was just unsure. And I, I didn't really have, I just kind of kept my mouth shut because I didn't know what I was talking about. Right. Which is what I wish that like a lot of these people had done to just like wait a little bit before like before like running, you know, spouting spouting off because I think that that is just really, I think when you're in a position where people trust you about your analysis, when you're a journalist, I think you should, or 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 a lobbyist on a on a program, I guess in this case, but still right. like you know like 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 you know what you're doing, like maybe right. just not run your mouth on this which is what every single person did on the show right. they all did right. just totally, for like, yeah. you know for like 40 minutes just like went yeah. off and i just think that that's not appropriate yeah and it's also really gross that again i just couldn't believe it was so victim blame it really was like victim blaming and like shaming of morse that they said as alex morse defends uh conduct umass policy strongly discourages faculty student relationships as opposed to like again you're burying the lead like the story yeah. is about what was done to morse um i just thought yeah that was really gross um right and then someone pointed out someone yeah. i'm trying to look someone pointed out uh, in a response to this like interesting headline it was something like alex morse challenged on school committee attendance record during debate with richard neal yeah, yeah, that was that was that was Mass Live's headline after their first debate, which the first question was about the scandal, which the live stream cut out for and didn't include, and you only you could only catch it on the radio, it, like it, which like there's no conspiracy there. They just like blew it, but it's just like of all which, the times. Which part can't you can't can't you hear? 
when when this when the debate aired live yeah. on TV, they had problems with the feed. So the first question and the like one that's four about or five minutes of answers about this scandal, nobody heard anything of it. Oh my god, that's really ridiculous. Yeah, so it's just you know, it could be you never know, but yeah. I mean, it could, like, look after reporting this story out, like, yeah, it totally yeah. could be. I don't know. Right. Um, that just feels almost too. Yeah, on the nose. Too, it feels too ridiculous. But like, hey, right. yeah, I don't know. College teacher, students, yeah, they big allegations, yeah. right. people jump to conclusions, right. shitty media coverage. Yeah, and and what I think that's be- what it is. Like, like the Berkshire Eagle, where I used to work, and like I quote their editorial on uh, on on endorsing Morris or uh, endorsing Neil. Sorry, they definitely did not endorse Morris. Uh, that they would not do that because right. they'd be taking a stand. Um, they they. They kind of, they they don't even like touch the scandal or any of that stuff that happened. They don't even mention it. What they do do is they talk about like the, uh, you know, about how Neil has taken in more corporate money than any other Democrat and stuff like that. And they just basically say, "Yep, that's a concern. So let's vote him in, and then we can talk about that with him." And also, it's good that he gets more corporate money than any other Democrat because that means that they are listening to him or something like that. Right. It's just so ridiculous, like. But that is, you know, I'll, when I worked at the Eagle, I had a story on Neil and BDS spiked after I asked Neil for comments and his people reached out to my editors. I had a story wow. about Neil about Neil doing a fundraiser at a Jimmy Buffett concert or a James Taylor concert spiked after I asked for comment. Like they wow. just went down. Yeah. So the people that I used to work for are not the most brave people. And so the idea of them taking a stand on, on something like this was, was just never going to happen. Right. And what is the diff? like, what's the big difference between, um, Morse and, uh, Neil? I mean, it's like- I mean, I think there, are, I think there are a lot of big differences, you yeah. know, like, um, you know, Neil is the chair of the house ways and means committee. And so he's a very, he's like one of the most powerful Democrats in Washington easily easily one of the most powerful people in Washington. Um, and you know, he's, he's a big, uh, he has a lot of corporate cash. He supports, I mean, you know, in, in as much as he really supports any of that stuff, uh, well, in as much as it's part of his portfolio, he, he definitely like is, uh, into like a bunch of neocon shit and just like, you know, war, you know, he's going to be a reliable vote for that. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that that Alex says that he's going to do differently. And so I think that that is like that's the policy contrast that Alex is suggesting that Neil hasn't done a lot for the district and that he has, uh, you know, not served them well. And I think that there is a uh, I, I think that outside of it being Morse making it, I think that just in general, there's a very strong argument to be made for that having lived in the district uh, pretty much my whole life, I guess. Two thirds of it, maybe. Uh, and and I just think that, I think that what, what, what Alex is presenting is the same thing kind of that here presented as well. That like, look, we need to be represented by somebody who actually cares about the district, except for like a couple months before an election. Right. Day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that that's what he's doing. And I think that uh, 
I, I think that it, it, it's hard not to still consider Richie the favorite because he has such a strong base in Springfield and he has been in power for a long time and he has an unbelievable amount of money just flowing in right now and, and just always does. But if Alex does win, it's going to be on the strength of, of I think, making those arguments. I think that the, the way that this scandal and this smear backfired mm-hmm. is definitely going to get some people out to be like, you know, uh, you know, fuck this. Like, yeah. like we're, we're not down with this. But I think that if he does win, he's going to win on a message of change, which is going to be helped by the scandal. But I think that it's really going to be mostly about his, uh, his message. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what about any uh, the the Kennedy um, Markey race and the uh, Esa- and the race to replace uh, Kennedy? Any comments on either of those? Um, so. No, that's okay. I think um, you know I'm close to Mass Four right now geographically, uh, but I I think that because I haven't covered that race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I will dispense with any like pretense of objectivity and say I really hope Isan wins and I think she's the best candidate for it. Yeah. Um, as far as Marky and Kennedy go, uh, it just it looks like Kennedy's going to get curb stomped and um, people people can follow me on Twitter to to kind of get my opinion on Kennedy, okay, but it's basically yeah. what you would think it is. Yeah. That he is, um, that he represents the um, struggling masses, um, huddled masses, yes, uh, as yes. as was made clear in the in his campaign's response to the Globe, the Boston Globe, endorsing Markey. Did you see that? that it was no. oh, oh my god! They literally said like, "If you're well to do," they kind of tried to pull like the Elliot Engel when he didn't get endorsed by the New York Times. Um, I, I I just gotta say that like I hadn't seen that. And what you were saying was so ridiculous that I thought that you were making a joke. I know. Like I did, like, like I did not think that you were being serious. That's hold, well. Hold on. Let me wow. read you the actual quote. Um, it literally says, um, "Kennedy unloads on Boston Globe over snub," and here is what it says: "If you are the a statement from his um, from Nick Clements, his campaign manager." Mm-hmm. If you are one of the Globe's disproportionately white, well-off, well-educated readers, the past few decades have been pretty good for you. The status quo has delivered. Ed Markey has done just fine. But if you are one of the hundreds of thousands of normal working people in this Commonwealth, if you are black or brown, if you are an immigrant or a veteran, if you are sick or struggling or suffering, you know that business as usual isn't working. I actually, for this now, this was a little while ago, right? Yeah. It's not, it's, and yeah, I, I, I must have just like blocked Suppress the memory, memory. yeah. absolutely ridiculous. It's so, um, it's so good. It's almost, it's almost good. Yeah. Do you remember when Elliot Engel, um, I'm sure this was a Tom Watson move, but when Elliot Engel mm-hmm. w- didn't get the endorsement, Jamal Bowman did, and they pretended it was because of his stance. <laughs> That's a 100% Tom move. It's such you a can Tom tell, move, right? You can and tell. Because it's such a disaster of a move. It's so stupid. So just so people, so they, the, the claim was that it was his, um, res, his opposite. The claim was that Elliot Engel was so upset that Tom Cotton was allowed to pen an op-ed that he right. didn't want, that he preemptively didn't ask for the New York Times endorsement. Um, it was such a, it's so absurd. Um, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, and Isan. I've been aware of her for a while. Yeah. Like you know, like we follow each other on social media. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I think that if 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 a number of things kind of fall into place for her, I think that she would. Win. I think her race is a lot more kind of like the Mondaire Jones race, where yeah. you have like a whole bunch of different people right, right running. And whoever has like that late momentum and like that progressive momentum in this case may well do it. Yeah. Um, and I think the same is probably true for Alex. I think that for Alex to win, he needs to keep it close in Springfield and then just kind of blow Neil out of the water in Holyoke and the Hill towns. And I think he could do it. I, you know, when I say that, uh, Neil's the favorite. It's just kind of impossible not to say that because right. he's been the incumbent for so long and he's he's dominated elections so much. But man, if it's like if it's five points or even if it's still ten points, like that is like that's totally doable. Yeah. It's totally doable. And it just depends on Alex's efforts to get out the vote yeah. and, and 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 Richie's as well. It depends on Richie's efforts to get right. out the vote too. I mean, we can't like really, really important that i mean I, who, who knows I'm, i maybe i may look like a total idiot once yeah. the, once the results came out come out but like and and if neil gets blown out of the water then i'll definitely eat shit on this publicly right. but like i think that gotta understand that like even even if he loses narrowly like richie's a very good politician he has a really strong machine and like so he he is getting the vote out like he's doing what right. he has to do. So, and I think that I think the Morris campaign has always recognized that and understood that. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think I think that both I think that now the Neil campaign understands what they're dealing with, but I think Morris campaign always did. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say or mention or no? no this is great. That's that's it. Great. Yeah. Thank that's you. A good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Really interesting. Yeah. And I should tell people Owen has a four one. Five, ten, four, one, three. Sorry, four, one, three, which is a Massachusetts yep. area code. Yeah, first um, district. That's right. First district. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, Alex is very grateful to you and um, Dan and uh, Ryan. So yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm happy that you know we were able to do this reporting. Yeah. Um, and it is a bit absurd that it hasn't picked. I mean, it's good that the New York Times had a, um, a headline that said he was vindicated. But it is absurd that 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 has not been a story, more of a story. Yeah, I mean, it well, makes like sense said, like I you're mean, saying. But Richie Richie owns the local media. Yeah. So. Thank you. Bye. Good Thanks, Owen. You. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks again so much for listening to the Katie Halper Show. Please rate and review us. Rate and review on iTunes. Um, you know, give us a nice big, great start. Big, a lot of stars and a lot of great words in the review. That's all I ask for. <laughs>